That's six straight wins for Miami, who started off slowly but eventually took command of the game against the shorthanded Hornets, and the Heat have turned their season around completely. Jimmy Butler had a big night with 32 points, but it might be the contributions from Miami's supporting cast, Haywood Highsmith, Duncan Robinson, and rookie Jaime Hawkins Jr., that might be the story of the game. We break down all the key performances and answer your questions on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg. Joining me as always, David Vermill. However you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks. If your team wins, visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Jimmy Butler scored 32 points as the Heat extended their win streak to six with tonight's 111 to 105 win over the Charlotte Hornets. They also move to 2-0 and in the Group B of the in-season tournament for those keeping track of that. A ton of credit Going cookies. to Vegas. Going to, to Vegas, baby. A ton of credit cookies to give out later in this one to some key role players, and we'll diagnose some reasons uh, for Miami's six-game win streak. But the story from this one is Jimmy Butler, who had a season high in points and seems to have found his groove after a slow start to the season, David. Yeah, he looked really sharp tonight. His best game of the season. 10 of 14 from the floor, 11 of 14 from the line, aggressive attacking uh, Charlotte's shorthanded defense. The roster was uh, somewhat depleted. They were missing key players. Not that six Miami isn't without. Yeah. Six their top nine. I mean, more depleted than Miami's. It was rough. Yeah, I, I was trying to debate, like normally, you know, we give our takeaways of the game. And I was trying to debate whether or not I should feel soured by the win because one, it was against a shorthanded Hornets team. And then conversely, kind of extrapolating it out, you know, looking at Miami's six-game win streak, and they knocked off the very terrible Washington Wizards that blew a 23-point lead against the Toronto Raptors just yesterday. Uh, You know, the Memphis Grizzlies that have struggled to win a game. Hmm. The Hornets, the Spurs, both teams that are struggling and not very good. And, you know, the Lakers still kind of rebuilding and and figuring themselves out, et cetera. So I I thought about that, and at the same time, we've seen – reserves kind of step up when they have these opportunities and i'd like the process of tonight's win more than anything else the fact that they were starting off so slowly couldn't hit a shot from the perimeter that's still a concern going forward but overall just seeing the way jimmy took over the game and having everybody understand their role and play it so perfectly i'm going to choose to look at this as a half full rather than a half empty kind of win I think this is half full. Look, when you're playing this many games on the road, I don't care who you're playing. This is rough. A bunch of these have been on the second night of back-to-backs, too. Uh, they've had a rest disadvantage in a lot of these games early in the season. I don't care if it's against the Denver Nuggets or if it's against a, a shorthanded Charlotte Hornets at this point. Like, you just need the wins, especially when you start yeah. the way that you started. Six games in a row is six games in a row. Uh, I'm not going to worry too much about who the opponents have been so far, but the, the story to me in this game ha- was was Jimmy Butler. It was a slow start to the season, which is as much a reason of anything uh, for Miami's slow start to the year. And a big reason why they're currently winning six games in a row is because Jimmy Butler kind of has his groove back, right? right. Uh, season high, 32 points. He had 28 points a few nights ago. He's basically going over 21, 22 points, or averaging about that in every game during the six-game win streak. You pair that with Bam Adebayo playing his best basketball of his career on both ends of the court. Yeah. And 
the the addition of Haywood Highsmith into the starting lineup, which is something we're going to explore a little bit more later in the show. But all these things have sort of coalesced to have the Heat where they are, which is one of the top four teams now in the Eastern Conference, maybe top three, uh, <laughs> depending on who won that Pacers-Philadelphia game. I guess it's not important right now. But um, that's what we got. Jimmy Butler... Well, let me start at the beginning because you mentioned Pacers the slow... won it, by the way, 132, 126, okay, so knocking still out in the top four. Yep. Um, the Heat had, had missed 13 of their first 16 three pointers in this one. They were winning every other measure of this game. And it was kind of a miracle when they were doing that. And at one point, like the Hornets were shooting plus 50% from three point range. <laughs> and the yep. Heat were only like down like four, five, six points at a time with the Hornets being lights out from three-point range and Miami not being able to buy a shot. There was, again, one point, they had missed 13 of their 16. The only person to make a three-pointer was Duncan Robinson. He made Miami's first three three-pointers. And then eventually other guys started getting going, Haywood Highsmith in particular, and some other guys. But the Heat were able to keep it close by basically winning everything else, uh, playing yeah. uh, great defense, especially at the rim. And then... Uh, by the end of it, they had opened up a 13-point lead in the fourth quarter. Then the Hornets come storming back because Jimmy Butler's on the bench. The Heat go three-plus minutes without making a field goal with Jimmy Butler out. And then finally, Jimmy Butler comes back in, and in the final one minute and 43 seconds, scores Miami's final six points to put the game away. Butler attacked and, and drew a foul in the mid-post. He made a 17-footer, and on the next possession, he got free throws on a drive, and that basically put the game away. Jimmy Butler stepping up when the Heat needed him. Yeah, no, that's I think that's a good summation of the game there. PJ Washington with a monster first quarter yeah. for Charlotte. I don't I know a lot of people will say he's one of your favorites, obviously. Was he uh putting on a, a highlight reel for Miami, kind of showcasing his skills for, for Were you a potential trade? Sarcastic. Yeah, I know okay, you hate PJ right. Washington. Right. Yeah, I don't hate yeah. PJ Washington. I just think he's overrated. Okay. Well, I mean tonight was not good proof good of that. No, no. He, he, a typical performance. Like he was I think a little insulted and on the defensive mix up there, like Kyle Lowry guarding him a lot early on. And he kind of just saying, what is this little midget doing trying to shoot, you know, trying to guard me? He was just rising up over him, but he was hitting a lot of, you know, uncontested shots. And, and he was just knocking those down. He looked really aggressive early on, a bright spot for the Hornets, but you know, whatever. Go listen to Lockdown Hornets. As far as Miami is concerned, getting that big performance from Jimmy, setting the tone again. And I've seen a lot of people comparing Dame Lillard struggles and then kind of looking at Jimmy and the fact that he struggled. Well, I think we've gotten past those early season struggles. Remember that the first few games of the season were basically his preseason, a point that we've made yes. before. And now he's finally rounding into shape. And it's a good balance of the aggressive offense, although did not hit a three-pointer, uh, unfortunately. Uh, he's kind of just, you know leveled off as far as his three-point attempts are concerned, unfortunately. But get to getting well, to the got, line. We got the one three-pointer of the buzzer beater, the leaning forward buzzer beater. Okay, sorry if I didn't really count that one, but yeah, I guess it is within typical the the flow of the offense. Right. Yeah, no, but fair enough, right. fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was open in a couple opportunities, but yeah. still, uh, you know, it just he just looks really good. He looks really sharp, and he was taking his time. He does not look slow. Like I think all of our concerns, and we voiced them early on, and maybe we were kind of rash in doing so. But those first few games of the season, you kind of think to yourself, you know, he skips the preseason. This is all part of the plan to rest him. He has skipped preseason games before. But, you know, maybe we were a little quick to judge based on the fact that he was starting off a little slowly and looked really rusty early on. But it has completely flipped. And with it, Again, a confluence of different things. You know, the fact that Duncan's getting more playing time and he's capitalized on those minutes. Haywood Highsmith inserted into the starting lineup, a revitalized Jimmy. Bam, as you mentioned, like all these different factors 
playing in uh, together at the same time. It's led to a six-game win streak. Uh, uh, unbelievable, considering Miami started off the season one and four. Jimmy Butler tonight, a usage percentage of 32.4%. Those that's those are playoff levels from last year for Jimmy, yep. right? And so um he's made the most of those of those touches. Still have some concerns when he's on the bench and Miami has a hard time scoring. But look, they they got enough, even with the slow start offensively when Jimmy Butler was even on the court, uh, and they get a big win in Charlotte, extend the win streak to six games. They are now two and oh in the in-season tournament. Are you caring? about the in-season tournament yet because i gotta be honest i'm having a little bit of fun with it i i think i'm a cynic by nature and i'm sort of like yeah i was sort of anti everything right away and i was just like i was with the in-season tournament but you know what with the courts and something to keep track of in november i'm yeah you know what i'm just gonna be pro fun i'm just gonna be i'm, I'm trying to be more positive lately and i'm gonna be more pro fun that's good i i like that attitude uh i i am i i think it's still kind of hard to differentiate because it doesn't feel like any real stakes just yet. Uh, right. Maybe it will be further down the line of the tournament itself. But for now, it's just kind of a nice change of pace watching the uniforms and the courts and everything else like that. I, I had no problem. Some of the courts are gaudy, but whatever. You know, kind of throw stuff on the wall. You know, I mean, typically when it comes to like our uniform discussion, I don't prefer those kinds of aspects, but I, if you're trying something new and this is the first season of it, who knows how it'll work out. Even Adam Silver kind of saying, well, we might need to rethink some of these courts down the road, but I, I kind of like that aspect of it. And, and it's, it's fun. I, I wish the, I don't think the players are buying in again. Maybe it's just still too early in the process, but we'll see whether or not it starts to feel more important to them as the tournament goes on. Well, Haywood Highsmith had one of the most important quarters of the game for the Miami heat. We're going to hand out credit cookies next here on Locked on Heat. Today's episode of Locked on Heat is brought to you by Ibotta. Turkey is great. Well, maybe. But we all know the best part of Thanksgiving dinner, as you know, Wes, is the sides with Ibotta. You can make sure you get the whole family's favorite side dishes and the turkey all while getting yourself cash back. What's the sides that you're looking forward to most this Thanksgiving holiday? I'm a I'm a green bean casserole kind of guy. I like to get my vitamins. I like that kind of stuff, even if it's drenched in gravy and and other things. You know, cream of mushroom soup and crispy fried onions doesn't exactly scream vitamins, but you know that's okay. Right. If this is one of the things that you're buying, well, make sure you use Ibotta because it makes shopping so much more fun and interesting, and you get cash back as a result. Starting November first for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back. On your Thanksgiving feast, just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. I told you for years, my wife's been on top of this. I had no idea what I bought it was when we started doing the ad read, but I, she kept telling me, oh, you get this app. So easy. Just take a picture of receipts. She's collecting receipts from other friends. It's like, it's, this is amazing thing. Now I bought a, like helps pay for our groceries. So download the I bought a app now. Use the code LOCKED. And you get a 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use the code LOCKED. Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app, Everydayers. Tune in tomorrow for our deep dive on what's going on behind the Miami Heat's six-game win streak. And, of course, we're going to explore the trade rumors oh. about Zach Levine. You're not going to want to miss tomorrow's episode. But for now, 
It's time for the tastiest segment in Locked On Heat, and one that's just dying for a sponsor. It's time for credit cookies. As always, we have 10 cookies to hand out. David, who are we handing them out to today? Where do you want to start? Should we just go with uh, Jimmy Butler? Let's just get Jimmy out of the way. Great game. Incredible performance. So I've got three for Jimmy. Mm. I've got four for Jimmy. Okay. Again, this is another case of like... Yeah. Yeah, there's so many other players that kind of stepped up and had big nights. And and I think I, I'm not discounting what Jimmy did. I just also think the fact that, you know, Charlotte's roster somewhat depleted and we've kind of come to expect it's it's kind of like uh, you know, my 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 estimation of his performance is based on expectations of what he's gonna be able to do. And this kind of feels right in line with what Jimmy should be able to perform. So as good as it is. I still think it's three cookies worth rather than four. It was, it was three for me for most of the game, and then he scored the final six points in the last That's two fair. minutes. And then I was like, well, he put the game away, and that gets another cookie. But let's see where else you're, you're, you're handing out your cookies. So I've got, I've got Bam out of bio. I've got two cookies for him. It wasn't his best yep. night, but it was, also, it was sort of a quiet Bam night. But on yep. a quiet Bam night, he had 21 points on 8 of 16 shooting, so 50%. Overall, went five or six from the free throw line, 11 rebounds, four assists, three steals, and a block, just one turnover. That was a quiet BAM night, right? I mean, that's 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 starting to look like a quiet Nikola Jokic night. That's a quiet MVP type of night, and I think he's starting to play himself into that category. We talked about him being a top 10 player in the league to start the season, and the fact that these performances kind of feel so humdrum speaks to how good he's playing. He is at an absolute other level. He's getting the superstar calls, getting to the line, being aggressive. The turnaround jumper is a thing of beauty. This is not just another part of his arsenal. It is a deadly weapon, and nobody can stop it. Like We've heard so much of the preseason and the regular season now with Victor Webanyama and his fadeaway. Look, it's not like I'm comparing the two, but when Bam has that jumper going, there's no way of stopping him, and you know he's in for a really big night, even if it's not, again, that gaudy stat line that people might yeah. be looking for out of a top-five player. But the fact that he does so much else as the hub of the offense, like maybe he just needs a couple of 40-point games scattered early on to get some of that buzz going. But I certainly think he's been he's earned at least top-five, top-ten consideration for the league so far. Uh, in terms of how guys have performed so far this season, I absolutely think it's top 10. I don't think it's debatable. My favorite part of his game tonight, four of five from the restricted area. Uh, I think that's as important as anything when we're talking about his game. We know he's got that free throw line jumper, right? But when he's getting to the basket more regularly, he's averaging 6.2 drives per game yeah. this season, uh, which is a career high for him. And it's a, basically a drive more than where he was last season. And he's he's shooting more out of these drives. He's not kicking out to shooters nearly as much. And and I like that. I actually like th- this team has enough guys who are unselfish between Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry, who we say we kind of criticize. Maybe you're passing up shots a little bit too much. There's something to be said about your most talented player just taking the shot. And I love yeah. that Bam's doing that. And what, uh, and what about that? Tonight. That one layup where he brings the ball up after a Charlotte turnover. And then he gets the back screen set by Duncan Robinson. I love that play. I love he- that play. He drives baseline, kind of bobbles it a little bit early. I, I don't know exactly what it was if he was trying to evade a defender, but he winds up kind of pump faking a little bit and then laying it up as a reverse. It was really it was nice. so easy to see where that could go if 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 Charlotte's backline defender cuts off Bam's drive. Duncan yeah. Robinson's flaring out for a three pointer. Now you're you're sucking in the defense, and that's a drive and kick. I love yeah. the evolving two man game between Duncan Robinson and Bam Adebayo. We've gotten a chance to see it even more with Duncan in the starting lineup with Tyler Hero out. And that's been a lot of fun. So 
Um, big game from Bam. Two credit cookies to him. Let's I go with Duncan. Where, let's go to Duncan. Go I got one. I got one cookie for him. Exactly. That's where I've got okay. to. Uh, it was a really solid performance. Again, not a great three-point shooting night. Second cookie. I think I know. Okay. But go ahead. Go ahead. Four of ten from the three-point range. Six of thirteen overall. Eight rebounds. Really active. Five assists. I yeah. did not know that. Even just watching the game, like I knew he was moving the ball well, and that's part of how this offense just looks differently without Tyler Hero is that everybody's moving the ball around because the ball is being shared so much more. And I think Duncan has just really fit this role extremely well. Yeah. I and mean, we've seen multiple strings of games here now where he's played very effectively, even coming off the bench. And now as a starter, he's just been really, really good to start the season. So yes, I think it's, one it, cookie worthy. The the Duncan Sons has been phenomenal. And the, the two-year shooting slump is over. Um the five assists did jump out. I was looking at the box scores. Some of that might be a little bit of like fake assists, you know, like throws it to Bam. Bam takes like four dribbles, spins, and then lays it up, and Duncan gets the assist for that. But I also thought with Kyle Lowry out of the game at the end, he he sat basically the entire fourth quarter because he had four fouls. So he was in foul trouble and wasn't yep. doing a whole lot when he was on the court either. Um, but Dunk, Josh Richardson was sort of the nominal point guard, but Duncan Robinson was getting them into a lot of offensive sets. And I was kind of like, is this the point Duncan lineup? With with Kyle Lowry in foul trouble, with Josh Richardson playing mostly off the ball, and Tyler Hero injured, like that's sort of what we saw. Drew Smith got like three and a half minutes in the first half um, when when Lowry got into that early foul trouble. So it was basically Jaime. Duncan handling a lot of the ball down the stretch. Uh, you guys, Jaime, Jaime got, I've got I'm, one. Oh, I've got two cookies for him. Same. I've got, and he was bringing the ball up too. Can kind of segue what you were saying. Like he was kind of the point as well for some uh, possessions there. And he just looked really, really good. He had a big three pointer down the stretch. Really great defense. I, I don't know, man. Like I, I'm a little freaked out because I, I thought that I wasn't a believer. I didn't know how well he'd fit in because there were limitations, right? You, you kind of, at least the the projections on him were that. You know, he's he's an older player. He was at UCLA for four years. Maybe limited athleticism, not necessarily his springiness or anything like that, but maybe in terms of overall speed. But he plays nonstop. He just, his motor is so high. His IQ is so high. He doesn't stop making good choices and good decisions. His decision-making is the thing that stands out. It's He makes the right pass every time. He's rarely out of place defensively. Every once in a while, he gets caught up in some of the, the, the crazier actions. Not tonight. I mean, you're not really afraid of what Charlotte's doing um, offensively with all the, the guys that they had hurt. But he is just so sound. And Miami runs offense through him in the mid post. His backdoor cutting tonight was incredible. I mean, he smelled blood in the water. He saw that the that Hornets had from a Kyle Lowry. Out. The lob, it was literally Kyle Lowry's best play of the game was just throwing Hawk as a lob, right? Yeah. Um, but I think he smelled blood on the water. He said, this is a shorthanded Hornets team that's been struggling defensively. Steve Clifford, before the game, was asked about the defense. And he was like, basically, and I'm paraphrasing here, we suck at it. Um, but <laughs> what defense? What Haven't you watched this? Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. What defense? We got no defense. And Hakos was like, all right, bet. And and he just he kept he kept exploiting them for these backdoor cuts that they just were they were losing them on him. So yeah. uh, I, I thought it was great by him. I think I know uh why you have an extra cookie. I'm going one cookie to Haywood Highsmith. I have a feeling you're going to. Yes. Yes, I am. I, I just, I, his performance, like he was you guarding PJ yeah. Washington. He was guarding LaMelo ball. Like he's stonewalling ball late in the game to keep him like forcing a, a bad shot. Uh, you know, when they were kind of cutting into Miami's lead and it looked like Miami 
might let the, the the game slip away from them, and then they just kind of put Highsmith on him. And like that second quarter, like what a difference that makes. Like they struggled so badly in the first quarter, and then in the second quarter they obliterated Charlotte, mostly because of Haywood Highsmith, and that's a crazy statement to make. Like twelve points, all of his points coming basically in the in the second quarter, and yeah. then he just did everything defensively, and he was just putting on this full court press, making things happen. Such a menace, like. It doesn't matter, and he did such a good job. He was fronting their centers. He was, he was, he was, again moving his feet well. He's got the strength, the the size, the arm span. Like I mean, he, he was has... the primary defender on Lamelo Ball, and Miami is switching everything now with Haywood in in the starting lineup, and he would get switched, like you said, onto centers. He's fronting those guys in the post and all those things. I love all of it. I couldn't give him more than one cookie because he scored all of his points in the second quarter, and he was a non-factor offensively for the rest of the game. He just was. You hate to say it, but. I was like, yeah, Jimmy had 32 points. Haywood had four or, or had 12. So I'm giving four credit cookies to Jimmy Butler, and I gave one to Haywood Highsmith. Um, we don't do half cookies here. so I know. I know. Uh, I, I still think his performance is too cookie worthy. I'm sure he'll get other opportunities to make up this yeah. down the road. But I, I think it was just a great game from him, and he's just become and an incredible part of Miami's rotation. It really is quite the story. Haywood uh, Highsmith. How important is he? What are his best comps? We're going to talk about all of that when we get to our listener questions Questions next here on Locked on Heat. Today's episode of Locked on Heat is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season and NBA season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers can get a $150 bonus bet with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150. If your team wins, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Who the Dolphins got this week? I haven't really been keeping track. I have no idea. There we go. That's that's the, that's the like, Miami Panthers. What are Highsmith's uh, most improved player of the year award? Uh, you know, know, let's get that rolling because he certainly deserves it. Like this guy was an afterthought, and now all of a sudden he's become a key component of Miami's rotation and is undefeated as a starter. That's impressive. Go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL and NBA season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL and NBA. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Every day is tune in tomorrow when we have our conversation about whether or not the Heat should explore a trade. For all-star guard Zach Levine, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Let's get to our listener questions that you all sent in using the hashtag AskLOHeat on Twitter. Of course, you can always send in questions as well. LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. LockedOnHeat on Instagram. But this question comes from Umar, who writes in, I love Haywood Highsmith. Loved him since last year. I see a Shane Battier in the making. What must mm. he do in order to remain in the game for longer periods of time? So I want to tackle this in, in, in two parts. All right, okay. uh, but let's do it the second part because it's more immediate. Haywood Highsmith, 33 minutes tonight, not in the game, down this, to, to close this game in the fourth quarter. What did you make of that decision from Spo? Um, I, I think I think he realizes that Highsmith just gives like 100% while he's out there, and I don't think he can do anything else to earn more playing time other than growing another lung. That doesn't seem likely. Uh, I just he, he, he taxes himself so completely – on the defensive end because he's just a, a constant blur of motion. Mm -hmm. And I think he still played significant minutes. And I think you just need what he provides. Sorry, like the fact that Hawkes 
And Richardson were out there is because they came off the bench, so they wound up playing less minutes. They were a little fresher at the end of games. And look, the defense doesn't struggle all that much because both of them are also plus defenders. So I don't read too much into it. I wonder if you know if it came down to like a key possession. If Miami hadn't been able to build their lead with Jimmy Butler's late offense, maybe they go. You know what? Send the locksmith out there and see what he can do and, and, and make sure he can force a turnover or, or get a big, you know, stop or something. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I, I don't was, I don't think there's much more to it. I think it was just trying to create as much space for Jimmy Butler as possible. Give the ball to your Fair. closer. Hakez and Josh Richardson arguably create more space than Haywood Highsmith at this point. And uh also like they needed offense. They went three plus minutes without any without a made field goal in that fourth quarter, which is what let Charlotte back into the game. Defense wasn't yep. really the problem. It was the offense. Right. And you could argue that Josh Richardson and Jaime Hawkins are a little bit more dynamic than Haywood Highsmith is on that end of the ball. So I think that's probably why Spolster rode him uh, down the stretch there to close the game. But yep. in terms of the Shane Battier comparison, I like it. I think the Heat under Spolstra, when they are at, when they are their most successful, they have a player like Shane Battier was for the big three Heat, who's a versatile four, Maybe undersized, but could switch a lot, space the floor, make important shots, open shots, and play off of the stars. That's what Shane Battier did. It's what Jay Crowder did in the bubble season. It's what P.J. Tucker did the year that the Heat were the number one seed uh, and and went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, They haven't really had that, basically, right, since P.J. Tucker now for a year. They dabbled with it with Caleb Martin last year. That's not exactly the role that they want him to play. They're more comfortable with Caleb Martin coming off the bench as a utility guy. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be Caleb's role going forward, even when he's healthy. I think Highsmith remains in the starting lineup. Uh, and even with Kevin Love, they like having those kinds of guys too, whether it's Kevin Love, Kelly Olynyk, or Myers Leonard. That's sort of like the B choice. But the A choice is a guy who's a little bit more dynamic running around uh, and making things happen. So we could talk Shane Battier is a comp, Jay Crowder is a comp, P.J. Tucker is a comp, whatever you want to do, but Highsmith fits that mold. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I like all that. I was just even thinking as you we were mentioning all these names in the past, it's like, I wonder how much of Jimmy's success might be tied over the last few games because of Highsmith taking on a larger role in the defensive unit there. Like he, he has been able to do such a good job, again, tackling an opponent's best score at times yeah. or even challenging Victor Webanyama. And it kind of lets Jimmy, you know, take a little bit of a breather defensively where he doesn't have to take on those more difficult matchups because, you know, Haywood is so versatile. He's switchable. He can guard one through eh, four, I'd say, pretty comfortably, and even five, like he did a pretty good job tonight. So I wonder how much of that has kind of just led Jimmy to kind of concentrate more on the offensive end. It's not like he's not playing great defense. He absolutely is doing that, but I don't think he has to necessarily take on the bigger challenge. We know how it works is, you know, Jimmy basically says to, to you know, they kind of, the players dictate their defensive assignments. But I wonder whether or not over the course of that game that might morph a little bit. And then Highsmith, again, expends so much energy picking up a, another you know, opposing team's best player that, that kind of takes him out of the offense to some degree. But now as a result, we're also seeing Jimmy's improved uh, scoring. It's a good trade-off. I take that trade-off every time. Yes. I mean, Highsmith, all he's yeah. doing is making catch-and-shoot threes. That's fine. I don't need Highsmith handling the ball, expending that. Well, he did have one hell of a layup today, too, in a fast-break opportunity. Uh, this next question. Got- He's got a bag to him, doesn't he? It's a little bit of a bag. Uh, again, I like him. I like him setting screens and popping and, and making three pointers. That's what I want. We've been we, offensively. we've been predicting the Highsmith. Yeah. I can't say Highsmith Renaissance, but you know, like the, the evolution, the Highsmith evolution. We thought he would be the now. starter this season. I just I don't think anybody expected it to be this soon to this with, with this degree of success. I mean, they literally That's have fair. not lost a game with Haywood Highsmith in the starting lineup. Uh, so. 
you know, I, I think it's his, it's his job. It's it. I, I don't think, I think that's been pretty much like Spo hasn't come out and said that, but even when Caleb Martin comes back, he's coming off the bench. And I think Kevin Love as a backup center, by the way, makes a lot of sense because he shoots more threes and this team just needs to get more threes up. Yep. And I think big, a big reason why Kevin Love is ahead of Thomas Bryant um, in terms of backup center minutes is because he gets him up. He took five of them tonight. He didn't make yep. any, but I don't really care. I just want, I don't want him to take them. He took 31 three pointers tonight. Still need to find a way to get a few more of those up. Brian yep. writes in, any surprise that it was Hawkes and Richardson over Highsmith to close out the game? Also, tell me I'm wrong, but watching in person, it hit me that LaMelo Ball is the player that Jordan Poole believes himself to be. thought the last part was funny. That's why I read it. But in terms of uh, a locked on heat episode, we kind of covered this already, but in ter- uh, it, we covered the, the angle of Highsmith not being in the game. Talked a little bit about Hawkes and Richardson, but to me, it did make sense given that Kyle Lowry was also in foul trouble. I texted you during the game. I wasn't sure why Josh Richardson was really in there. But I, I do think there's something to be said about his, his defense was was, yes. was strong. He was a good playmaker. Six assists tonight to just one turnover. He wasn't making shots. He was two for 10, 0 for 6 from three-point range. And it's been a rush, uh, rough start of the season for him overall in terms of making shots. But I think Spo realizes that he needs guys who are just at least taking the shots. And he'll worry about the making of the shots a little bit later. Yeah, I had a couple of good looks that unfortunately just rimmed out. So maybe we wouldn't feel as negatively about his overall performance, but I think he's still making an impact. It's just you'd like to see the offense pick up at least a tick or two just to make sure that he can be a plus player while he's out there. He's still, again, having an overall positive impact. As far as the minutes late in the game, I think you're spot on there. His defense was really good. A lot of great off-ball defense. We're watching, you know, we watch the whoever has the ball in their hands on Charlotte's side of things, and that's usually a, a, a Hawkins or a Jimmy or Bam sometimes. But the fact that Josh can shade a player because of his speed and quickness, I think limits the opposing players' touches too, and that's something that they're really taken into consideration. It's a great point out. He's pretty. He's been good at that help defense and those those late in the shot clock double teams and things like that. It's kind of been a strength of his this season. But that'll do it for us today. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Every day is tune in tomorrow when we explore the Zach Levine option. Should the Miami mm-hmm. Heat be calling the Chicago Bulls about their All Star? guard we'll talk about that tomorrow hit that subscribe button on youtube and follow us on your favorite podcast app